slides out of the backfield. Granger steps up, trying to throw, will stay on his feet. Some nifty moves. How about this run from Granger? He'll have a first down at the sixth occurrence. Quick shot, left side. There's Malachi Coyne. First guy misses. Second guy misses. Across the 50, flag in the play. He's free. Bye-bye. State, a team that won 12 games a year ago, got the Mountain West Championship game. Chance to get off the bat, no season, a conference opener, but it's Jensen who slips the tackle, runs upfield, Aston Jensen! Looking for that end zone, he's got Harvey, and that's a catch for a touchdown! Old Dominion breaks the ice with 7.05 to go here in the fourth, and Javon Harvey holds in touchdown number two on the year. The G5 Hive. All G5, all the time. Welcome to episode number 21 of the G5 Hive, where we aim to bring you all the honey from G5 college football. I am uh, Justice, joined by my co-host, Luke. How are you doing tonight, Luke? Other than I'm being cold. Not, yeah, trying to stay warm. Trying to stay warm here in uh, Muscatine, Iowa. We've got negative eight. Um, yeah, I mean, granted, it's, it's uh, 9.15 Central Time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been pretty cold lately, and my kids have school canceled tomorrow because it's supposed to be cold as balls tomorrow again. So it's been the last week. It's been very Christmas-like for, you know, being after the holidays. How yeah, about you? How are you doing? I, I, I'm doing good, man. I got to enjoy some uh, fun, have fun in the snow last week, uh, skiing. Um, so, but I'm back home and it, it's not, it's not very cold here and no snow here like you got, you like you got, but you know, maybe we'll yeah, get some this got year. About, yeah, we probably got about two and a half feet of snow or so, like snow blower. Got a, I got a tractor with a snowblower attached to the front of it. It's, nice. So it does, you know, it only takes me about uh, 40, 45 minutes to to snowblow. So it takes still takes a while with a tractor and a snowblower on it. So was better than hand shoveling. I got to, I got to imagine. Way better, way better <laughs> for sure. You know, um, you know, I don't really have much need for a snowblower, and I only ever used one one time. I was up at a friend's house in uh, Pennsylvania, and it snowed while I was there. And so he shoveled, and I was using his blower. And you know, I thought it'd be like cake, right? But you know, I mean, it's it's not it's not as easy as one would think if you've never done it. Is it easier than shoveling? Sure, but I was amazed. Like the, I mean, it's still still yeah, it's still work. Yeah. Yep. Uh, sitting on a tractor night, not too bad. You just sit yeah. there and. Just kind of drive. drive wherever and throw snow. Well, hopefully uh, everyone got to check out our uh, interview last week with Texas State running back Ismail Mahdi. If you haven't had the opportunity to check that out, I would encourage you to go check that out. It's available on YouTube. It's available in uh, podcast form on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Um, well, until Google, I guess, goes off, I guess was the April. But, yeah, uh, April second or April fourth, something like that. Hopefully, yeah. uh, GJ Kenny doesn't leave for the Arizona job because you know if he leaves, I bet you. By the way, Ishmael talked. Uh, 
I bet you Ishmael would follow him to Arizona. Yeah, it, it, I would imagine he, he would follow him. Um, be kind of funny um, if Jaden Delora went back what? to Arizona to follow Kenny. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's let, let, we, we don't we don't want that. Uh, we don't want to put that juju on the G five man. We no. like to like to see him keep uh, Kenny at least for another year or so. Um, but yeah, if you haven't checked out that interview, go check it out. Um, you know, Madi's a great great kid. Um, you know, we asked him for some breakout players to look forward to this coming season, and he he didn't disappoint. He provided us with some names, so I'm not gonna share those names again. But if you want to hear them, go check it out. Uh, go check the interview out with Madi and and uh, give us a like, subscribe, uh, review, uh, YouTube. Or wherever you listen to us on podcast form, um, we uh, I guess the last the last live episode was right before the the Natty, and that was kind of our last uh, game where we picked for uh, the Justice versus Luke Bowl challenge. Uh, Michigan was favored by four and a half. Luke took Michigan. I was contrarian and took Washington. And, and Luke pulled off the uh, pulled off the win in the Natty. Um, congrats to any Michigan Wolverine fans. The results of our bowl pickums. Uh, I ended up exactly at 500, uh, 21 and 21. Luke ended up 17 and 25. And the G5 for the versus the P5 was two and seven. Um, hopefully, no one listened to us for betting advice. I think we, we both kind of. Put it out there. We're not, we're not great at betting. Um, not, so yeah, we do don't, well. we don't do it. Um, so yeah, don't, don't, don't listen to us for betting, betting advice. If you're gonna listen to us. Plus, fancy, fancy advice is where it's at, not betting advice. It plus it's hard. You know, you got the bowl games. You don't, you know, you hear, uh, oh, what's his name there? Who just took over at Auburn two years ago or last year? I mean, um, uh, he freeze freeze. Freeze talking about how he's, you know, let his coaches do the prep work for the bowl. He's trying to get, you know, get kids in here and there. So you don't know what teams are coaching, which aren't. Um, you can kind of get an idea, I think, based off of what kids are maybe getting surgeries done and how important they were. Because then you can say the coaching staff's like, hey, you know, get your body ready for, this, you know, spring practice, things like that get you a couple more weeks. You can kind of maybe get a little bit of insight from there, but then also kind of what bowl you go to. Um, are you going to a bowl that uh, the nightlife might be a little bit more intriguing than other bowls and, you know, what teams are there for business and which their teams are there to party. You look at Boston college and Syracuse, maybe one of those teams took the bowl game a little bit more seriously than the other. Uh, maybe one of those teams stayed out quite a bit later than the other i don't know but uh well, and you got teams, that are all wild cards yeah the portal like it's another wild card because some teams let their portal players play other teams don't let them play um you get a mixed bag there um then, then you get like a situation like minnesota where they gotta pay an il money to a quarterback just to have a quarterback for the game just um to, so yeah just you know just, they, honestly like i don't know why they even paid a quarterback just run the Run the, run the wild wild cat and just, wild cat, I mean, yes. yeah, you just had Darius Taylor run the ball 
all the time anyway. So right, I will just <laughs> just hike it to let him go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so this is kind of I didn't think about this till really till now, but this is kind of probably the last show we're really kind of looking backwards um, and looking at, at G five college football this past season. Starting next week, we'll kind of be looking forward, um, looking at, at the portal stuff and uh, some coaching changes. But uh, this week, we figured we'd do our all-conference teams uh, for the G5. We're going to do them in alphabetical order. We're going to have one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, and a tight end. And uh, Luke and I will alternate. We'll go through our teams. We'll, we'll alternate who goes first. Um so we're going to start off with the American Athletic Conference. Uh, at quarterback, I chose Byron Brown from South Florida. Uh, he was a, a top fantasy option in uh, in the G five in all all of college fantasy, not just the G five. Um, at running back, it pains me to say this because I sure wish he would have stayed at Old Dominion. But uh, when he was healthy and he played, Blake Watson and Memphis was just a stud, uh, both for Memphis and for college fantasy football owners. Uh, Jermaine Brown Jr. at UAB. <clears throat> Once Isaiah Jacobs got hurt, and he kind of shared, took on more of the load. He <coughs> took off for your for fantasy owners, and he had wide wide receiver and running back eligibility. But for the our purposes, uh, we'll count him as a running back. Uh, moving on to receivers, one of the top receivers in the country, regardless of G five or P five, uh, and that was Lejonte Wester. Florida Atlantic. Um, unfortunately for us in the G5, he has taken his talents to the Power Five and moved to Colorado. But uh, you know, even with the, even after Casey Thompson went down and Daniel Richardson was a starting quarterback, Lajonte Wester just continued to produce uh, on a weekly basis. You know, as, as, a, as a top option uh, for your fantasy teams. Uh, then I had Luke McCaffrey at Rice. Um, I feel like he did a little bit better. One, you know, he, he was better when JT Daniels was the quarterback. Um, after kind of JT Daniels got hurt, McCaffrey went, you know, didn't necessarily produce as we'd have liked, but he still had an outstanding year. And then uh, my last receiver was Josh Cephas from UTSA. With um, the injuries at receiver uh, for UTSA with uh, DeCorian, DeCorian Clark, uh, Cephas kind of took on a bigger, bigger role, bigger load for them, and and it was a, you know, a fairly consistent producer. And then at tight end, I went with uh, R.J. Maryland at SMU. I think there was you know a couple other tight ends you could have chosen, um, and, and Luke took a different one as well. Um, and and the and the main reason I took R.J. Maryland is just you know from a touchdown uh, standpoint. He and uh, Preston Stone seem to have a fairly good connection. So that was my all-conference team for the American, and I'll turn it over to Luke to talk about his team. All right, quarterback, I had Seth Hennigan for Memphis, running back Blake Watson from Memphis, running back Jermaine Brown Jr., UAB, wide receiver LeJonte Wester, FAU, uh, second wide receiver, Joshua Cephas, UTSA. Wide receiver three, Sean Atkins, South Florida. And tight end, David Martin Robinson at a temple. 
So a couple differences I had from you um, put Seth Hennigan in at quarterback. Um, Byron Brown was great through the air and and running the ball. Um, but I put he had a lot, like I was a Byron Brown uh, owner in some leagues and it it felt uncomfortable starting him some weeks. And when you did like I don't know it was this roller coaster. But it seemed like Seth Hennigan really gave you consistency. He never really botched two weeks. He was probably his lowest game in a six-point passing touchdown league. I think it was like 20.2 points or something like that. And then he had a couple boom games. His boom games were not like Byron Brown's boom games. But uh, they moved quick. And, uh, you know, he he led, he led the um, American in passing yards. Um, and then had 32 touchdowns and only nine interceptions. So um, Byron Brown had 11 interceptions, but it felt like 400 some night. Sometimes when you were watching it, it just, I don't know, that offense just didn't seem to click all the time. Literally looking forward to U, uh, USF next year. But uh, consistency was the main thing. I went there with Seth Hennigan. Uh, but then you look at uh, South Florida wide receiver Sean Atkins. He was second in the league in the American in receptions, fourth in yards, and tied for fifth in touchdowns. He had 92 receptions for 1,054 yards and seven touchdowns. And the end of the season, your playoff stretch, seven receptions for 102, three receptions for 49 and a touchdown, um, and then two for 31, a dud there in the championship. But it's 15.8, 20.2, and then 5.3 points. Um, I don't think a lot of people had a lot of Sean Atkins. I believe he's back next year. Will be a, a top name, I think, to have, you know, mid-rounds on supplementals. Um, but, yeah, i big, big fan of Sean Atkins. And then tight end um, was David Martin Robinson. Um, and sorry, those pl- end of season playoffs were for David Martin Robinson. He had seven for 102, three for 49, touchdown, two for 31. So 15.8, 20.2, and 5.3 from a um, tight end in the playoffs, like 5.3. When you're going up against other teams, there's only a handful of tight ends that really are going to be game breakers. Um, Brock Bowers um, in other leagues, you know, was hurt. I think he would have missed the game. So there weren't like a lot of uh, tight ends that you're going up against other teams that don't have great tight ends and 15.8, 20.2, and then 5.3 is probably not killing you in those. So that's why right, I went with yeah. David, David Martin Robinson. Um, if there's anything you got to say, I'm going to look up uh, Sean Atkins stats here at the end. Cause I mean, he was solid all year. Yeah, I was just going to kind of go through maybe some players that maybe we, you know, may may have – we didn't include, but maybe should have, you know, maybe would, would have been considered. Um, when you look at quarterbacks in the American, um, I think, you know, in my opinion, Brown and Hennigan were the top two. Um, if I was going to consider anyone else, um, perhaps Chandler Rogers um, and Preston Stone. Uh, but, you know, Rogers and Stone – <laughs> didn't play the whole year. Uh, Rogers in the beginning was, you know, playing the quarterback shuffle there at North Texas, and then Stone got injured towards the end. Um, 
those are probably the only other two that you could have perhaps considered. Um, and, you know, but neither, neither one of them really add a whole lot on the ground there. Um, I think, I would argue me, like, maybe, you know, uh, yeah, but I mean, like, just look at his stats compared to the other two guys or the other, I mean, the other four. I mean, he's six touchdowns behind Brown through the air. Um, yards, he was he was right there, but um, he didn't necessarily, you know, he was kind of lacking in the touchdowns. Chandler Rogers uh, would be my my next pick. Yeah, me too. If I had to pick another guy, so um, let me let me list off Sean Atkins his his playoff run here. Nine receptions, one hundred and sixty nine yards, no touchdowns. 10 receptions for 92 yards, no touchdown. Seven receptions for 61 and a touchdown. 25.9, 19.2, 27.58. Solid numbers. Yeah. He should be back next year, and I will want him on my team. Um, Looking at running backs, probably the biggest spot where I wish we would have three instead of two. And, uh, you know, we both – I think we both got the top two right. But uh, unfortunately, that kind of, we both left Makai Hughes off, who had a great year. Um, led, led the league in, in rushing by about 200 yards. Um, it was just the touchdowns. He, he didn't yeah. get those touchdowns. So Makai Hughes is probably the, the, the one, you know, the one other guy to consider here for running back. Um, looking at receiver. I would say maybe two guys that we could have considered, one being Jamori Macklin at North Texas and the other guy being Rock Taylor at Memphis. Um, both had outstanding years. Uh, unfortunately, Macklin is moving on to the Power Five and uh, Kentucky, but Rock Taylor does return uh, to Memphis. Let's keep that connection going with uh, Seth Ennigan. Yep. And then – at tight end, um, I mean, those were the top two guys. There really wasn't anybody else, I think, to even consider a tight end in the American anyway. Yeah, not – I mean, Bowden, is it growing a rice? Yeah. He's yeah, probably rice. like the number number three guy, but it is a tear, a teardrop, big yeah. tear. So we'll move on to Conference USA, and Luke's going to lead us off here. All right. Give me a quick second here to get my notes changed over. All right. Conference USA quarterback, Caden Salter, Liberty. Running back, Quentin Cooley, Liberty. Malik Jackson, Jacksonville State. Wide receiver, uh, Malachi Corley, Western Kentucky, Chris Mitchell, Florida International, Noah Smith, Sam Houston, and tight end Holden Willis, Middle Tennessee State. Um, yeah, I, I really liked Holden there because he's kind of that cheat code. Um, depends on the league that you're in, if he's a tight end or a wide receiver. In a lot of leagues that I'm in, he was both. So he ended up being eighth in the league in receptions. He had um, 46 receptions for 697 yards and five touchdowns. Um, but then, you know, Chris Mitchell leads the league in uh, receiving yards. Then Malachi Corley, he wasn't too far behind. 
but also um, just behind Noah Smith in reception. Oh, I guess they were tied at 79 apiece. Uh, Chris Mitchell just behind there at 64. Malachi Corley with the 11 touchdowns. That's a big, big get there. I am kind of concerned about what Western Kentucky looks like next year when you don't have a, a dude like Malachi Corley. Um, while, while the quarterback play might not be too bad, I don't know what that receiving room really is going to look like. Noah Smith, uh, I don't think anybody really paid a lot of attention to him. He was quiet, under-the-radar guy, but he was 79 for 783. And he really came on uh, strong in the second half, the, you know, the back half of the season. And PPR monster. Yep, so really, really liked him there. And then when it comes to rushing, I mean, Quentin Cooley was the league leader in rushing, followed by Salter. So when you have your quarterback as the number two rusher in the in the conference, uh, no doubt there. Um, Malik Jackson was the number two running back. Uh, Diego Pavia uh, was the third leading rusher, but yeah, Malik J- Jackson, and then he. He, he was able to, you know, catch a couple balls here and there to help in PPR. Uh, for me, yeah, he, he got injured towards the end of the year. So, but, you know, he was, he was pretty, I feel like he was pretty consistent in the beginning in the first half of the year, getting you, you know, double digit points. He wasn't going crazy, but he was getting you, you know, 10, 12 points a game. So that is my Conference USA team. So, as you might imagine, um, in Conference USA, they they're just me and Luke don't have a lot of variation here. I'll just spoil it. The only variation we have is tight end, um, and that's and that's because I was looking at a league where uh, Mr. Willis only had wide receiver eligibility when I was kind of making my list. Um, but you know, Caden Salter, quarterback, Liberty, running backs, uh, same Quentin Cooley at Liberty, Malik Jackson, Jacksonville State. Uh, same three receivers, Malachi Corley, Western Kentucky, Chris Mitchell, Florida, Noah Smith, Sam Houston State. And then I did go with a, a different tight end um, simply because I was using a, a league and fan tracks to kind of develop my lists. And um, in this particular league, it's a primary position only league. So Holden Willis shows a res- as a receiver and not a tight end. And I went with uh, Sean Brown as at um, Jacksonville State. Um, <laughs> you know, if I had known Willis, I would we would have been exactly the same. If I had noticed that, even thought about, you know, hey, Holden Willis is in, in there. Um, but you know, a little bit of variety, Sean Brown. But uh, other than other than Holden Willis, there really wasn't any tight ends um, of of substance here in Conference USA. Looking at other players that maybe, uh, you know, had somewhat of a shot to make our all-conference teams, I'd say quarterback, uh, could you could have made an argument for Diego Pavia at New Mexico State, but, I mean, Salter was just head and shoulders above everybody um, in terms of fantasy production. And they had one, they had the softest schedule in all of, in all of uh, FBS football. Um, and running back, there really wasn't anybody else to consider, in my opinion. You know, like you said, uh, two quarterbacks were the number two and number three receivers for the conference, or running backs for the conference. So, 
An- um, another quarterback I maybe would have, maybe. It would have been a wild card, I think. But Zion Webb, he didn't throw many touchdowns. Yeah, yeah he, he, he um, did rush a lot and had like seven touchdowns on the ground. He, he came on touchdowns strong at the end of the year. He came on very strong at the end of the year. Um, once he kind of, once they kind of committed to him being the man uh, for you know much of the season, it was a rotation uh, with him and Smothers and them being healthy. Um, and then at the end of the year, they kind of committed to Webb, and, and Webb did did finish the year strong. Yeah, um, running back, not Dion Hat. Um, uh, what was it? Dion Hankins would be maybe the running back I would bring up as uh, that third guy. Looking at the. Um, the receivers. I mean, I think we nailed. We kind of nailed them. Um, if I had to pick a next guy, it'd be C.J. Daniels at Liberty. Yeah, uh, he he did have a thousand yards, ten touchdowns. Um, maybe one other guy to consider would have been Kelly Akarari at uh, UTEP. Um, to me, the problem with with him is he's kind of a one trick pony. He's your easier, you know, deep threat and. He's either going to catch three balls for 100 yards and a touchdown, or he's not going to do so much. You know, um, he only had 48 receptions, but he did have he did go over a thousand yards for the year. Um, those kind of be the next two uh, receivers. Um, you know, and, and the kind of the sad thing is, even all all five of them are gone. Corley's gone in the NFL. C.J. Daniels, I guess C.J. Daniels can't technically return. Um, I don't think he's committed yet, but he's in the portal. Noah Smith's out of eligibility. Chris Mitchell has uh, went to Notre Dame, and Kelly Akarari has gone to Mississippi State. So, you know, there'll be there'll be a whole new crop of receivers stepping up for uh, Conference USA uh, coming up. And then where I talked about tight end, there really isn't other than Holden Willis and maybe Sean Brown. There really wasn't. Uh, Bentley Henshaw, Henshaw at uh, Liberty, um, but yeah, he was very touchdown dependent, as which just kind of happens with all your uh, all your tight ends. Um, <coughs> I did think of another tight end just now, and again, it have been it, it would have been dependent upon your league, and that's Dallin Smith at uh, Western Kentucky, wide receiver, tight end eligibility. Um, now he kind of disappeared and got hurt for for a good portion of the year, um, but yeah, he, he he would have been another tight end to consider, assuming um, your league allowed him to be a tight end. He did have fifty receptions, five hundred thirteen yards for six touchdowns, and um, he 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 had an awesome bowl game too. So I got to see that up up close and personal. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see I, uh, if he maintains also, that tight end eligibility. I also, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, when uh, it sucks when guys get injured, but, you know, to not play them. So um, you definitely know the games to play him and when not to play him, and he was one of those cheat codes uh, if you were able to play him as a tight end. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be even if, – if he maintains the eligibility – he will be an even uh, bigger cheat code this coming season. Um, you know, I, I 
we were in the campus to Canton Slack, the company Slack, we were talking about this and um, I went back and looked at his PFF stats. Um, and in this past, this past season, he had zero inline snaps. Uh, the previous year he had five inline snaps and then in 21, he had 31. So um, I don't really, I mean, I don't think that's what fan tracks uses, but um be interested to see if he Not maintains. I can't think of another. I mean, Holden Willis is probably the next best example, uh, but I can't think of a previous example where a guy was a wide receiver, tight end, had t- really a wide receiver that tight end eligibility and was kind of a cheat code and how that was handled with fan tracks. All the examples I can think of were guys that were clearly running backs but had tight end eligibility. Um, so, like, C.J. Donaldson, um, the year before last, I, and then there was a uh, there was a guy at Marshall. His name's escaping me, but he was a tight end. They turned, they made him into a running back, and he had like fifteen hundred yards and eighteen touchdowns. Um, hmm. But you were able for one year in both those cases, you were able to use them at tight end. The next year, of course, they both became running backs um, within Fantrax. So I can't think of a example that would kind of fit the Holden Willis, Dalvin Smith mold in terms of how fan tracks kind of treated them. But well, well, we, now, yeah, give, give me your Mac team here, Justice. So my quarterback, um, man, there wasn't anyone like I really loved, but I felt like Daquan Finn kind of stood out. Um, he certainly, I don't think, had the year that many – folks expected him to have or had as good a year but um you know with uh, central michigan kind of you know playing around with jace bauer and um bert emmanuel in the beginning of the year um then you have you know curtis work didn't have a quarter curtis yeah work talk about disappointment season. um you know dj irons gets hurt for akron I mean, Daquan Fins is kind of really the really the only answer at quarterback uh, for the MAC. Uh, running back, uh, there was a couple good options. Uh, I went with Penny Boone at Toledo, who you know after the first couple weeks kind of took over that backfield, had an outstanding year. Um, unfortunately, he's moved on to the uh, the Power Five, and uh, the other running back was a redshirt freshman who kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Jalen Buckley, Western Michigan. Look forward to seeing what he can do in that offense next year. At receiver, uh, we were talking about this kind of before uh, before we start recording, and it, it was just kind of a mess. Um, and you could have went a lot of different ways. Uh, I went with Kashawn McCray at Kent State. When he was healthy and playing, he was outstanding. Um, PPR monster. Another guy that was a PPR monster. Played the whole year, Kenny Womack out of Western Michigan. And then this last guy, I really kind of, I was torn uh, between this guy and, and actually the guy that, uh, you know, the, the, the one that Luke took that was different. Um, and I kind of took this guy just because, you know, he, he had some monster games and I just wanted to, you know, highlight him. Um, unfortunately, he's also moving to the, the P5. That's Gage Larverdane at Miami, Ohio. When he was healthy, and um, when uh, Gabbert was healthy, they were they were a force. Um, when Evian Smith kind of took over at quarterback, 
you saw Larver Dane uh, drop off as expected just because Avion Smith's not a passer. It's not not really a big part of his game. Uh, but Larver Dane's going to be moving on to South Carolina where uh, I personally don't think I'll have any interest in him at all. But uh, And then tight end, one of the top tight ends. He, he was slow. He was slow to get started, man, but he really took off um, at, at the end of the year. Had a great bowl game, too. Yep, Harold Fannin Jr. at uh, Bowling Green, definitely the top tight end in the MAC. So I will turn it over to you, Luke. So, like you mentioned, this one was a hard one to fill out. Um, I started filling out some stuff, and then I like, left the wide receivers positions open, and I saw like the names that you had, and I was really surprised to see Gage Larvadane in there. But then, like when I was digging into it, I'm like, well, he didn't do great. But right. <laughs> uh, my options aren't much better. Oh, yeah. um, so quarterback, I also went with Daquan Finn. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, he was pretty consistent, but uh, you didn't always feel confident starting him. Um, you were definitely hoping he ran the ball in like once or twice a game, which he just happened to do quite a bit. Um, I went with Penny Boone at running back. Jalen Buckley at Western Michigan. Uh Jiwan, uh, Jawan uh, Newton at Toledo, he led the MAC in yards and fourth in receptions. He had 52 receptions for 696 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, so went him with wide receiver one, then Kenneth Womack for Western Michigan. Uh, PPR monster run, running a lot of plays there at Western Michigan. Uh, Jalen Buckley, I put in over um, Ontario Brown just on the pure. Um, deal that he caught the ball more than Ontario Brown did. Ontario Brown definitely, you know, you knew what he was going to, he was going to run the ball a lot, um, but he just wasn't going to catch a lot. So he was second in the, in the Mac and rushing behind Penny Boone. But yeah, I did not go. I ended up going with Jalen Buckley due to that. Um, and then Krishan McCray, again, fantasy football, you know, when to start him, when to sit him. He was doing. You probably didn't start him right away. Maybe after game three, you put him in there. He performed, then he got hurt, and then you knew to not play him. And if you were depending on Krishan McCray as like your number two or three wide receiver, and you draft him as such, then you know, then that sucks. But you weren't drafting him as such. Probably a late round flyer, and you you got a couple games out of him. And then yeah, tight end went to Harold Fainan at a Bowling Green. You know, looking at uh, some players that maybe we could have could have included. Really, the only position I can I can make an argument for some other players is running uh, back. Is running back, and, and the two I, that stick out are Antario Brown at Northern Illinois and Rashad Amos at Miami Ohio. Um, and Amos, Amos I, he just came on at the end of the season. Yeah. He really wasn't doing stuff at the beginning, so. That's why I would give it to the nod to Ontario Brown being the next guy in, but he he started killing it there towards the end of the season. Yeah, those are really the only other two guys I think you could maybe make an argument for. Um, like we, we we talked about quarterback and receiver and, and tight end, there really wasn't a whole lot of other options besides the guys that uh, that we included. All right, uh, we'll move on to the Mountain West, and uh, Luke's going to kick us off. All right. 
Yeah, so Mountain West, uh, quarterback, I went with Andrew Peasley, Wyoming. Mainly went his tight, uh, touchdown to interception. He had 25 touchdowns with five interceptions. He was eighth in passing yards, but he also added 419 rushing yards and seven touchdowns, so I thought that was uh, good consistency uh, from Andrew Peasley. Uh, running back, is, is there any... I would put him as my running back two and my one and all of them. <laughs> uh, Ashton Genty with 1,347 yards rushing, um, 14 touchdowns. He, w- he was a beast. Um, but another beast, uh, Kyrie Robinson. He was good for a touchdown or two every single game. Uh, he was my RB2 for San Jose State. Wide receiver, uh, Ricky White, UNLV. Then I, went with, I was torn uh, between Jalen Royals and uh, I'm trying to think of the other guy there. Uh, Terrell Vaughn. Terrell Vaughn. Vaughn had the touchdowns. But they're not sticky, but but Royals, I went with Royals. And then wide receiver three, I went with Torrey Horton. Uh, he was first in receptions, second in yards, tied for fifth for touchdowns. He had 96 receptions, 1,136 yards and eight touchdowns. And then in your championship game, he drops 35.6 points. So uh, – he had, he had about a two- or three-week stretch there uh, where he hurt his hand. Um, not a lot of people knew about that. Um, so he – at least maybe that – or maybe that was uh, Justice Simmons. Either way, Torrey Horton was, was hurt there in like a two-, three-game yeah. span. So uh, – but, yeah, he was my wide receiver three and then tight end. I mean, was there a question? It's Dallin Holker, Colorado <laughs> State. Yeah. Um, so we have a little bit different, not too many. Um, really, the only difference, I guess, is quarterback and one of our receivers. Um, <laughs> quarterback, with, to me, was just, I don't know, it was like a kind of a crapshoot. Yeah, it wasn't like anyone like really stood out um, head and shoulders above the others. I went with uh, Braden Shager at Hawaii, who, uh, who led the conference and passing guards and passing touchdowns. Um, but you know, you could have, I think you could have probably made a case for five quarterbacks, uh, to be on your all conference team. I had a lot of Braden Shager and it again, was one of those things where it's like, all right, I, I play him. He got me like two points and then I don't play him. And then he gets like 30 points, but like, you don't want to watch any of the first half. It's kind of like Byron Brown. (laughs) It was like, you don't want to watch any of the game. Just see what the, you know fantasy points are at the end at uh, running back um i i agreed with luke uh with ashton jainty boise state Kyrie oh. robinson san jose state um receiver um two receivers we had the same jalen royals utah state ricky white um at unlv and then i went with uh Pafoli ashlock at hawaii um the the number one receiver for that offense um in hawaii uh, you know, he, he was fairly consistent uh, week in, week out. Um, you know, he pulling up his stats now. He ended up with 83 catches, 832 yards, and nine touchdowns. Um, there was, you know, other than uh, there was, you know, Tory Horton, certainly someone I considered. There's probably two other guys. I feel like maybe one or two that you also could have considered, and then. Um, at tight end, yeah, 
down Holker, right? It wasn't even close. Um, and there were other serviceable tight ends, um, you know, Trey Watson uh, at Fresno, Mark Redman at San Diego State. But, like, you know, Holker doubled them all, you know, 64 points, receptions. Yeah. Um, Holker was head and shoulders, the best tight end. Um, going back to quarterback, I think some other quarterbacks you could have considered uh, Chevin Cordero at San Jose State, uh, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi at Colorado State. And, and, you know, he may he may have been the one had, had he been the starter all year um, yep. and not uh, and not taken over after the first couple games. And then uh, Mikey Keene had a great game year for Fresno State, um, but unfortunately had a couple injuries, uh, so he missed a couple games. Um, other running backs, probably the biggest one would have been Ja'Cory Merrick at New Mexico. Yep. 17 touchdowns. Um, Malik Sherrod. Yeah, Malik Sherrod had a great had a great year too. Um, but again, you know, he kind of came on after the first, I don't know, four weeks or so. Um, he got he got injured early on, and then he was um splitting carries with Elijah Gilliam before he kind of took over that backfield. Um and then a receiver, you know, probably the biggest one that neither one of us included was Terrell Vaughn, Utah State. Um, kind of got overshadowed. Uh, I feel like by uh, Jalen Royals as the uh, as the season went on, but Terrell Vaughn had a, had an outstanding outstanding year as well. Um, Ricky White, we don't know what he's doing. Right, we don't know if he's returning to UNLV or what. Jalen Royals well, is returning. Says he doesn't. Uh, his dad says he doesn't. You know, get any NIL money. Um, and Notre Dame is not giving him any NIL money. I, Ricky White's dad has been pretty comical uh, on the X or Twitter because um, there's several things out there saying, you know, UNLV is trying to collect as much money as they can and give it to the Ricky White Foundation. Jalen Royals, we know he's returning to Utah State. Tori Horton is returning to Colorado State. Uh, Terrell Vaughn is out of eligibility, and Foley Ashlock is returning to Hawaii. So most of these guys will return uh, for next year, and then. What like are your said, thoughts of next year? Looking forward a little bit to next year. What do you think of Ricky White? He stays at UNLV. Who's the quarterback? That's the question, right? Who's? I feel like they got somebody in the portal like today or yesterday. Okay. Oh yeah, they um, but, got a was it uh the Holy Cross quarterback? Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. Um Matt Sayuka Saluka? Yeah. Um yes, that's who it is. They they got him, they got him in the portal today. So um that makes me feel a lot better about Ricky White, right? That they have a that they have someone to get the ball to him. Um <clears throat> you know, Ashlock, Horton. Royals, uh, Royals, man, like, is Royals going to go nuclear or, or is someone else going to step up? Like, I can see Micah Davis kind of stepping up in that in that uh, wide receiver two role there for Utah State. And then a tight end, Dallin Holker's gone uh, to the NFL. Uh, Trey Watson and Mark Redman, the other two that I did mention, they're both gone to the Power Five. Uh, Trey Watson, Texas A&M, 
uh, Mark Redman at Louisville. So yeah, be interesting. I mean, I guess John uh, John Michael Gillenborg at Wyoming is probably the the or Sam Olson San Jose State kind of the uh, next two up there at tight end for the uh, the Mountain West. Be interesting to see uh, if Colorado State has another tight end um, on the roster that can even do half of what Down Holker did, right? Or if they get someone in the portal. I'm sure they'll find somebody. It's almost coming into like that G5 uh, tight end U there for tight ends. Yes, the Norvell system. Um, All right, on to our last conference, and that is the Sun Belt. Uh, At quarterback, I had Jordan McLeod at James Madison. Running back, Kamani Vidal, Troy. Ishmael Mahdi at Texas State. Uh, Wide receivers. That's right, friend of the show. Uh, Colin Lacey, South Alabama. Elijah Surratt at James Madison. And Caleb Hood at Georgia Southern. Um, At tight end, man, it was was slim pickings. Um, There wasn't anyone that, to me, like really stood out above the rest. But I went with a – I did go with a hybrid guy here, uh, wide receiver slash tight end, J.J. McAfee at Georgia Southern. Uh, who did you go with, Luke? Uh, quarterback stayed the same, Jordan McLeod at JMU. Running back, the same, Kamani Vidal, Troy. I did go with Marcus Carroll, Georgia Southern, uh, for my RB2. His just was consistency. However, he did kill you on the playoffs uh, with 13.7 versus App State. So, you know, that's not great. You're probably sitting him against LSU. He goes off for 23.8. So more than likely you didn't uh, get those benefit uh, from that those numbers. And then seven against that stifling ODU uh, defense. So probably all year, not too bad. But then uh, definitely wasn't the greatest playoffs there. For you, uh, wide receiver agreed down the line. Colin Lacey, South Alabama. Elijah Surratt, JMU. Caleb, Caleb Hood, Georgia Southern. Then tight end, I went with Eli Wilson, App State. So Eli Wilson, I was between Eli Wilson and Neil Johnson, but he got 34 receptions. Um, <coughs> verse. 30 receptions, 350 yards versus 383 yards, five touchdowns or five touchdowns. So essentially they are, are the same player. Um, the only reason I went with Eli Wilson over him was Wilson only had seven games under eight points in full point PPR while um, Neil Johnson had nine. So there's probably two games that, again, probably didn't kill you, but wasn't great. Neil did have a playoff run of 6.8 points, 13.4, and 21.7. Wilson had 0, 16.1, and 15.3. Again, um, he did give you that dud there in that first week of the playoffs, but when you consider your competition and what tight ends they have, you know, if you're able to get over that zero, you know, maybe they got an eight spot. What's eight points in college fantasy football? That can get made up pretty quick you come back with the 16.1 and 15.3 and you're more consistent across the year. 
I'm going to take you, uh, Eli Wilson, App State. Looking back at maybe some guys we should, could consider, uh, the quarterback position, uh, McLeod just kind of in, a, in his own league. I would say the next two after that would have been uh, either Joey Aguilar at App State, who had a phenomenal year, um, and Darren Granger at uh, at Georgia State. Um, Think if Jalen Raynor had that job all year. All year. Yeah, he might have yeah. been up there. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, the main reason why I went with Mahdi over Carroll was the receiving work. Um, but Carroll was a beast uh, for much of the year. Um, it kind of slowed down, like you said, at the end. Um, you know, others to potentially consider Rasheen Ali at Marshall and LaDamian Webb at South Alabama, uh, both yep. had outstanding years. Even Frank Gore Jr. Uh, at Southern Miss. He was Southern Miss, right? He was their offense. And, and you didn't have quite the year like you have in years past where he just all of his points came in like these three games. Some three games, but that's like where all this point he, you know, he had a pretty good year all, all year long. Um, a receiver, we, we picked the same three guys, but you know, Sam Pinkney had a great year. Joey Hobart at Texas State, Robert Lewis at Georgia State, um, you know, all had great years. Could have, you know, easily we could have, you know, picked those guys over our top three. I think the top three were just, just so consistent, you know, from a, Weekend, week out basis. I I almost put Joey Hobart in there, um, but the only reason I went and, and I would have put him in there over Caleb Hood. The only reason I went with Caleb Hood is because he had 101 receptions. Receptions, just yeah. PPR, just like man. the baseline in PPR. Uh, that was great. Um, definitely, and he had less yards uh, than Caleb Hood, but uh, had more touchdowns. But I was trying to figure out a way to get Joey Hobart in there, and I just I couldn't figure it out. Um, Colin Lacey, ninety-one receptions, led the league in in yards, and then um, Elijah Surratt was second in yardage. It just I couldn't find a way to put him in there, but he would have been my next guy. I would have probably put in there. And then I think you know you already we already covered it at tight end. It was. You know, those kind of three guys, McAfee, Wilson, and then maybe Neil Johnson, but none of them like really stood out, you know, you know, significantly above the other. And uh, for those listening, not a, not aware, Neil Johnson, University of Louisiana Lafayette. Um, yes. I don't think we mentioned that. So, no, we didn't. So, that's going to kind of wrap it up this week uh, for, for us, uh, all conference teams. And, like, like we said earlier, it's kind of the last show looking back at this past season. Uh, starting next week, we're going to be going full bore uh, with the transfer portal and G5 college football. We'll, we're, we're planning to do it uh, conference by conference. So we'll do one conference each week. Um, and we're going to start off with the American. We're going to tell you who's leaving, who's coming, and, you know, talk about the, the any you know coaching changes there in terms of head coach, offensive or defensive coordinators. Um, anything you want to add, Luke? Uh, yeah, if you're listening, um, just metaphorically tear out that rearview mirror. We're no longer looking behind us. We are only looking forward. Don't need the rearview mirror any longer. Um, 
2023 is behind us. Bring on 2024. If you did not win your fantasy football championships, we're here to help because the G5 players can really, really help in, you know, if you're in C2C leagues or if you're just in CFF leagues, like G5s where it's at, you can get these guys super late. Um, you know, a guy that I can think of that I'll be interested in was at Middle Tennessee State, Metcalf. Um, goes over to – he transferred to Marshall. He was at Middle Tennessee State, and he transfers over to Marshall. And Marshall is uh, – I believe they got uh, a new Did offensive coordinator. Did he go to Marshall? Justice, Justice is going to fact check me here. For some reason, and I and I and I, I feel embarrassed because I should know this. Um, I thought he. There were some rumors of him going to Old Dominion, but I don't think he ever fully committed there. Right? Is it no, Marshall? We're, no, we're frantically checking, but there there are some things that are happening that. You know, I think you can get a lot of these guys really late in your drafts, and we're going to be yes. here. To no, you're right. Them. You're right. He did commit to Marshall. So, yeah. um, we're we're here to help. We'll be here during the year. Give you guys, you know, the guys that are producing. Tune into us for all your G five needs. And uh, please rate, review, subscribe. Um, we announced. Uh, I guess it was maybe. The week before last, or last time we went live, um, we were made aware of an issue with Apple Podcasts. Um, yep, that's been resolved. So that, that's been resolved now. So you can find all the episodes on Apple Podcasts. So uh, please rate, review, and subscribe there or Spotify. Um, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe, um, share our videos. And, and you know, if you have any questions, hit us up uh, in the DMs. Um, you can find me at justice underscore two, three, one, eight. You can find me at Probasco Luke. Um, you can find the G five hive at G five hive. If there's something you want us to break down or, you know, maybe there's a particular team you, you're interested in. I don't care what it is, whatever you guys are interested in, let us know so we can, you know, craft a show around that. Because, you know, we're out here doing what we think uh, you guys want, but you guys are the consumer. You tell us what you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we, you know, we're, we're kind of, we've been brainstorming ideas for the off season. Um, and so, you know, if there, if, you know, if you guys have some ideas that you'd like to see us talk about or discuss, uh, please pass those along and we'll get those queued up for a, for a future show. And uh, thanks to everyone for their support. And we will see you uh, next Monday. Yeah, go, hot, 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 go, hot,